Hey there, everybody. You are listening to the Tough Like a Girl podcast. My name is Vera. And I'm Liz. And this is where we talk about graphic novels and trade collections with female protagonists. And this time we go back to, I would call this, what, middle grade? Yeah. Um, style stuff. And this is a book called Cub by Cynthia L. Copeland, who I believe does art and um, writing. Yes, mm-hmm. she's the only one credited with... A Rhonda Pattinson credited for the colors. So this was, as is usually the case with these kinds of books, you brought this to the table. Anything you want to preface it with? How it came to you? Um, it is one of the Golden Dome nominees for this year, which is for grades 4 through 8 in the state of Vermont. Um, and I think it's the only graphic novel... Or no, Snapdragon qualified. So that's the only other. that's the other one we read. So yeah. Um, the other one doesn't qualify for R because it's focused on two brothers. So, uh-huh. but yeah, but it's it's um, the co-author of it is Victoria Jameson, who we do know. Yes, um, and it is a good one. It's called When Stars Are Scattered. But um, onward to Cub. So uh, Cynthia Copeland, this is uh, this is a period piece, and this is one of those semi auto autobiographical books. So that slots it in with things like. Um, El Defo, or To Dance. Um, or Smile. Or Smile. Yep, that was another one. So this is set in the early 70s, and it follows her in 7th grade um, as she, um, well, navigates 7th uh, navigates grade. And then, in addition to that, um, she gets, after some encouragement from her English teacher, um the character goes by Cindy in this. She gets um, a job. Internship. Yeah. Internship as a cub reporter, initially following around a um, local reporter named Leslie and starting to find a love of journalism and then later photography. And it mm-hmm. sort of goes between her um, getting more at home and becoming better at those things at the same time as she is navigating the usual middle school drama <laughs> stuff, and <laughs> I suppose I suppose there isn't too much beating around the bush of how tired I am of uh, <laughs> of middle school drama. We've done a lot of it recently. We have done a lot, and I guess the thing that annoys me about it is like. If I were to take any one of these books in isolation and sort of remove my own not able to connect with this very well element. Mm -hmm. They're usually not bad, and I'm not sure this one is either. However, what they are Mm -hmm. is incredibly predictable. Yeah. They all follow the same beats. They all follow the same, I'm no longer as close to this friend as I used to be. Mm -hmm. It always follows the same sort of bully characters, and because we're reading... Mean girls, yeah. Girls, it's mean girls. Uh, It always follows, you know, a a first love interest, which doesn't stick. It never sticks. And, you know, meet Mm -hmm. a new friend. It's the exact same beats every time. And I think that's part of why, with these books... If I find anything interesting, it's never that part because no. I could chart it out before we even get <laughs> a third of the way into the book. I could chart out that entire part. Yep. But yeah. I, like, I have to also preface that, you know, that that as a criticism is me being outside the target intended age range, and 
it's a fair thing to say that, you know, everybody encounters tropes and patterns for the first time at some point. Mm -hmm. For the age range it's intended for, maybe they haven't been buried in this exact thing to the same degree. Well, and they live it a little bit. So and they that. can relate to it. So I, my late elementary, um, really all the middle school, maybe not the eighth grade girls so much, really like that kind of drama um, in their their graphic novels. They like the Raina Telgemeier. They like the, you know, that kind of drama and sometimes they even specifically look for it and the babysitters yeah club like and, and i get that like in a lot of these cases it's intended as a as a way to sort of hook them into whatever else is going on and so like while i am going to complain about this i have and i will mm -hmm. um i don't mean it as a blanket criticism because i understand why it's there and i can even understand why it works mm -hmm. i just i can't <laughs> i can't i can't anymore no i'm i'm a little tired of it myself and I, I i didn't mean to get us into so many of these but <laughs> that's that's what we've been doing recently we have decided however that we are not going to have a realistic middle school girl drama for our next one so definitely not for the next one we don't know what it is but it will hopefully not, be not for a little while <laughs> We can, we can abandon it for a while. We're all done with the Golden Dome ones for this year, so we'll have to wait until the spring to know what they'll serve us next time. Yeah. Snapdragon didn't really have it, though. Now that I think Snapdragon? About it. No. Which was, honestly... There was some the, bullyish boys, but I think I think we've had too many mean girls. I think, I think part of it's that, but I think why it didn't bother me in Snapdragon is it never felt like it overtook the narrative. It was there to remind you that this is what that age life is like, mm -hmm. but it's also not what we're here for, so we're not dwelling on it. Yeah. It's like an acknowledgement of the reality without just going through the same freaking beats over and over and over again. Um, and what, the, what did you like about it? Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of unqualified praise. Um, I, by the time it was done... Uh -huh. I, so by about two thirds of the way through, I had a little notion in the back of my head. I was like, I hope it doesn't do X. And then it did it. Or rather it, this is something that it failed to do. So given that this is taking place in the early seventies, some of the things that get brought up and obviously as a local cub reporter, city isn't Cindy isn't specifically covering these stories, but what's going on in the background are things like Watergate and the ERA and mm -hmm. these massive, massive stories that this really, I think, fails at. I mean, they are there basically to establish the time period, mm -hmm. but how any of it, you know, how, like, she starts to see the bigger picture, that never gets tied into it. The fact that both of, that the story ends before either of those stories sort of hit their later conclusions, like Nixon, you know, having to resign, or the mm -hmm. fact that the ERA did not, and still has not, hit all of the states ratifying it that it needs to. Like, it, it strikes me as really odd, especially in something aimed at this age group, to bring up things that major and not connect the dots to what happened later. I see. I, th yeah. I would think that would be okay at a large, at a higher age group because you could presume at the very least with Nixon that they kind of know what happened. 
That's a good point. But for the age group this is aimed at, I'm not sure that's a safe assumption. That's a good point. Yeah, I did like the investigative reporting angle of it. Like, that was probably my favorite part. And, like, that that kind of brought out her confidence and, like, you know, really shaped her and kind of helped her, like, become more important in her dad's eyes and stuff. But you're right, in terms of actually what was happening in the national news, it wasn't well it wasn't fully covered. Yeah, and if if you're not gonna do more with it, I'm not entirely sure. Like, it would have been one thing if it had just if Watergate had just been brought up at the very beginning, but then not touched on repeatedly across the freaking book because it is. It gets brought up repeatedly, but there's no resolution on that. I think too, it suffers from the typical covering of a year that a lot of these types of books do. Um, it's a lot which, of jumping around. Yeah, so it's, they we, have to cover the school year, which is, it reminded me in that way of New Kid because it was covering a school year, um, and which, which is pretty typical. Don't go back and try and find that one, folks. We didn't actually do that one because it doesn't have a female lead, but it, that is a book that's done very well. Yeah, and does actually cover a lot of major issues much better than this is, but it doesn't have to try to cover like national issues so much. Yeah, this. yeah. I and I think I think the fact that it that it has these rote we have to get through the whole school year things is part of why this and other things like it lean on formula so much because if you're only doing the major beats, mm -hmm. they all seem to pick the same major beats in terms of you know. The, you know, the school life mm. cycle. Yeah. Um, the art is fine. I think the art is suited for what the story is. Yep. But it's, it's nothing it's to write home about, but yeah. it's rudimentary, Crazy. but kind of, kind of like a bit like what we said all the way back when we did Sunny Side Up for the age it's aimed at. I oh, don't. It, is, it was even more so like, like Sunny Side Up than it is say, like, I, I feel like. Smile is a little more sophisticated than this artwork and things like that. I, w I would say, yeah, but I think like like things like that, the age that it's aimed at, that's not that's unlikely to be a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like the flow of the art, it flows fine and you can follow it. It's just very simplistic. Mm -hmm. um, and also part of the thing about it jumping across the year is there are things that get brought up that by the time it's done, I feel like, was that there for any reason other than a sense of obligation? Like the, like her boyfriend, boyfriend, open quotes, Kevin, which really feels unresolved because she kind of does something mean and never really owns up to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it was a, it was like a forced error. It was a, <laughs> Yeah. But, like, she did still kind of screw that up, but then the narrative acts like he's the jerk, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? It's... it's it is an unresolved book in a lot of ways. I yeah. see what you're saying. Like, because th there's... The confrontation with the bully is, is them being like, okay, we have group mentality now, and she just kind of goes away, and I'm like, yeah. There was some anticlimactic beats in this. It didn't... It didn't... I think, and I think this is something that um, 
happens more often in autobiographical or semi-autobiographical stuff, mm -hmm. which is that, you know, it doesn't lend itself to a clean narrative, and most importantly, an ending. A lot of autobiographical-inspired stuff feels like it either just kind of stops or wraps up really quick. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that's that's something that just kind of happens with this particular sort of genre. Or like mm -hmm. another thing that threw me off, there's this girl in her class, or in the school even, I'm not even sure if she's in her classes, named Jean. Mm -hmm. And there's this emphasis at the beginning, like, oh, Jean is weird. Mm -hmm. But... Then later, like, Jean makes friends with a new girl who is making friends with Cindy. So now it's like, Jean's not so bad. But, like, that doesn't fit any kind of greater narrative. And Jean doesn't really do anything other than exist and be weird. And it was brought up early on. And then her name got mentioned again, like, halfway through. I was like, wait, who the hell is that? Yeah, the, char the characters aren't very distinctive. And, like, comparing the boys to, like... People I don't really know, like movie stars or whatever, or singers, you know. I do know who John Denver is, but I don't really know what David Cassidy looks like. So I'm going to take her word for it. I mean, I, I think the point in both cases is just she's going, oh, how dreamy and in an instantaneous thing. But, like, I don't... It was very strange to me when you told me this was nominated for Golden Dome because it's not bad, but it's just kind of weak. It doesn't have a strong central thrust. And like you, what I found most interesting was watching her develop as a reporter mm -hmm. and, you know, getting the notes from um, from the reporter she was working with, you know, you know, try, I did try like the this, development of writing too, where she went in, and they, they only did it like three times. That's and I would have like, I would have liked it like a couple more times and a little more because I'm like, this is the kind of stuff that like gets you into it. And I'm like, I can see why, but I'm like, they could have done more with this. It's you know? the name of the book and I feel like it's a third of it at most. I know. I If we could have had less, you know, middle school drama and more actual. Yeah. And like, there, I don't want to act like none of the things other than the cup reporting works. There were little bits or little vignettes that actually worked quite well. Like a really good example was I think it was um, either Thanksgiving or Christmas where, like, they do this massive trip around mm -hmm. and to visit all these people, like, two different sets of grandparents and old friends and family friends of this. And there's, like, just this map drawn. This, Honestly, her and, family was kind of interesting and I wouldn't have minded more yeah. of them than the, the middle school drama. Yeah. I, I found the family more interesting and there were little and there were little moments like that that just felt more unique to the character and less generic. Mm. Yeah, I think we have also overdosed on the middle school drama. We we have. We have. If if we find one again, I think we need to find one that doesn't slip into the formula. Because it was funny to me when you mentioned Snapdragon, because I don't even think of Snapdragon as being in the same genre, because it doesn't fall into the same things. Mm -hmm. Or does it well, like, you know, um, All's Fair in middle school. All, All's Fair did it much better because it integrated and paralleled the Ren Fair stuff with the school stuff so that they actually played off each other as opposed to simply existing in the same space. I think, too, what works is that whole new kid, like, fish, you know, coming 
fish fish out of water fish out of water coming in i was like is that the phrase couldn't think of it for a second that the, uh, the fish that 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 swims it swims and Swimmy like there's fish. water and then there Fishy. isn't what that fish that fish um so yeah the fish out of water that like because i feel like new kid did that well and i feel like all's fair did it really well you know, because they're in a new situation and they're trying to figure it out. Whereas if they're already in the situation and there's the established roles and like, it's not as interesting, really. Well, especially because like, and, and I, here's an example of something I have mixed feelings on. Like, I kind of like that her friend that she was drifting apart didn't like become a full blown like, oh, I don't like you now. Mm-hmm. thing i kind of i kind of like that it's it, very true yeah yeah it just they're just growing apart i'm like okay but then at the same time like so little has actually changed between these i think and i think that's kind of what you were saying with they did also there's kind already of dropped her by the end of the book and like yeah. didn't even mention her so i was like i i don't know where katie is or like, yeah is she still friends with them like the the audience gets brought into a dynamic that for the character is normal and in the course of this book at least doesn't change that much. Like her attitude about things changes a bit, but the actual situation changes very little. Yes. At, at least with the school stuff. Mm, definitely. So I'm I'm very sorry, Cynthia Copeland. I don't like being super negative about stuff and again i'm not i don't think it's the 70s touches were cute but i don't know like and they I were they were kind of generic too yeah i mean it was kind of obvious 70s pulls it was watergate and it was tie-dye and it was dressing up as a hippie for a halloween yeah. and yep so it's it's not bad but again i think we i think we've just sampled too much of the genre in in general <laughs> so that so that A, I've read better, and B, I've read too much. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. But, uh, yeah, that's Cub. I I guess if you have a... 70s nostalgia or an se- interest in investigative reporting. 70s or, nostalgia or... A, or if you love the teenage, or not the middle school drama. If you've got like a third to fifth grade kid who like oh, seems, has a vague... Grade, I'd say. Yeah. But, like, that kind of age range that seems to have a vague interest in reporting, like, maybe they'll get something out of it. I don't know who to recommend this to. I really don't. That's fair. Um, Honestly, when I, like, previewed it with my students, there weren't a lot of them really interested in it. Whereas, like, they are eating up Snapdragon. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Didn't, Didn't grab anybody that much. Huh. No, not even them. I think once I put it out and they see it, I think it will appeal to a couple of them. But my description of it, it's like it just wasn't really holding them. So, well, uh, that's Cub. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break and then we will do listener feedback. There isn't that much this time, but no. we're gonna do it. Gosh darn it! Yes. Stellar Studios presents an Into the Weird and a World on Fire production. Starring in alphabetical order. Brainwave Jr. Fury. Jade. Northwind. Nuclon. Obsidian. The Silver Scarab. The Star Spangled Kid. These are the members of Infinity Inc. 
the protégés and children of the legendary Justice Society. Created by Roy Thomas, Jerry Ordway, and Mike Macklin, their 1980s adventures are chronicled at last by Herman Lowe and Billy Dee, two podcasters with way too much time on their hands, but dedicated to analyzing, glorifying, and sometimes vilifying the stories from the team's first series. So hop in your Star Rocket Racer, switch on the radio, and let's rediscover the Earth 2 we'd all like to go back to. Star Rocket Radio, an Infinity Inc. podcast, soaring through the potosphere since September 2021. Okay, we're back, and we only got one comment on the last one, which was Anya's ghost, and this one from Liz Ann Oswalt. Hi, Liz and Vera. Impressive podcast, most impressive. This seems like a decent enough story. I like the artwork well enough. I like the cover and the way it uses the art to highlight the typography, and also showing the two characters interacting with each other, almost using the unit yang symbol for them and the dead space. Um i.e. the area that has nothing there but, well, space. Judging from this, the art style is definitely a choice. Obviously, the artist of this book has had some training. I do think the art style lends itself well in the black and white and everything and kind of yeah. the tone of the story. Yeah, it was, it was, it fit the mood really well for that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some underground orders that use a similar, like, style, but they clearly do not have the training. Um... Even the automatopoeia seems to work in a way to help the story, particularly the way Anya yells help, and it stretches across the images, um, helping with the storytelling. Some indie comic book artists don't have this, though the artist clearly knows how to do storytelling, and they're good at expressions as well. So the cartooning is definitely a choice. Even when images have dead space, it seems to be for a storytelling reason. I mean, even the word dead space works for the story. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Or the yeah. phrase dead space. Mm-hmm. And just not where wants to drop something, which is impressive. The story itself is fine and the characters are decent. And then she goes on a little bit to talk about um, ghost stories and some supernatural stories. Um, a little bit about someone she knew named Anya. Um, some topical stuff and kind of her own opinion on that and that is about it yeah so i i think liz mentioned we don't know what we're doing nope. next month um looking so, at a couple options though. yeah we've got we've got options we're figuring it out and um it'll be a surprise it probably won't be seasonal no i don't think i don't know many like holiday graphic novels honestly i there's always spoopy stuff but yeah 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 but we'll figure it out and we will see you in a month bye bye tough like a girl is a council of geeks production and is presented on the fire and water podcast network comments can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com and you can support the network by finding fire and water podcast network on patreon This particular show enjoys support from Carolyn and Brian Linton. Our logo art was created by Nick Buxom, and our theme music is by Erica Dreisbach. Thanks again for listening.